The Sons of Liberty is a politically neutral organization. We believe that the Judeo-Christian ethic has provided the principles upon which this nation was founded. It is our belief that these principles provide not only the foundation and framework for American government and society, but are also essential to the maintenance of a fair and just society. All program content is based on a Christian biblical worldview. One of you said to me recently that we shouldn't rock the boat. Well, ladies and gentlemen, I want to tell you that I am a boat I will not wear the mask. 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 I will not wear a mask. I will not get the vaccine. I will not get the vaccine. And I will not get the vaccine. I will resist evil. I will resist evil. I will resist evil. I will submit to God. I will submit to God. I will submit to God. In the Lord, I will praise his word. In God, I have put my trust, and I will not be afraid. Hear my prayer, O Lord, and let my cry come to you. Do not hide your face from me in the day. For the Lord is the great God, and the great King above Rise all. Rise up, O judge of the earth. Render punishment to the proud. Lord, how long will the wicked, how long will the wicked chime? Righteousness and justice are the foundation of this. I hate the work of those who fall away. With my mouth I will make known your faithfulness to all generations. For I have said, Mercy shall be built up forever. Your faithfulness you shall stand. On an instrument of ten strings, on the lute and on the harp, with harmony sound. For you, O Lord, have made me glad through your works. I will you, triumph in the works of your are on high forevermore. For behold, your enemies shall perish. All the workers of iniquity shall be scattered. I will defy tyrants. 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 And good morning, America. Welcome Christians, conservatives, constitutionalists, liberals, libertarians, communists, Islamists, LGBTQ, RSTV, WXYZ people. All the boat rockers are in the house and anybody else I may have missed to the Sons of Liberty radio show here on Red State Talk Radio. We use the Bible and the Constitution not to see who's on the right or the left, but who is on the straight and narrow. I'm your host, Tim Brown, coming to you live from the U.S. occupied state of South Carolina. The editor at SonsOfLibertyMedia.com, and for our Muslim friends, I'm the infidel that Allah warns about. I hold to the book, the Bible, as the authoritative word of God. Glad that you guys have joined us this morning. If you'd like to check us out online, please do so. SonsOfLibertyRadio.com and also SonsOfLibertyMedia.com. In fact, if you're listening by way of Red State Talk Radio and you want to watch the video portion of the radio show, that's right, you can see the face that's made for radio, head over to SonsOfLibertyMedia.com. And at the top of the page, you'll see two videos there. The one on the left is Bradley's show from yesterday. You can watch that up until three o'clock this afternoon, at which time he will be live in that area right there. And then on the right side of the page is where we're streaming live. Just click on the play button, blow it up on whatever device you've got. And then the bottom right-hand corner, there is a Rumble icon. Click that and join us in the chat over there. We are streaming to Rumble, Sons of Liberty Radio Live. Just be sure to subscribe to the channel. We'd appreciate that very much. And then also we're on BeforeIt'sNews.com, the top of the page there. 
We're also on uh, dlive.tv at the Sons of Liberty. Good to see all you friends over there. And then, um, yeah, my little what's left of my social media on Facebook. I'm surprised I'm even there, but I think they took the six month thing off. I think I was banned for like six months on there. So somehow it's going through. I don't know. Uh, my personal and, and then the public page. So some of you guys are in that and we appreciate your support as well. Right up under where we're streaming on sonsoflibertymedia.com, you'll see where you can sign up for our email newsletter. Please do that and help us. Uh, our store is available to you. As always, we've got a lot of con great conversation starters as well as equipping tools. This week we're highlighting um, One Heart, the testimony of Stephanie Joy Dean. This is Bradley's wife. And uh, her testimony, it's normally $7. This week we're highlighting um, that for. 50% off through tomorrow night, Saturday night at midnight. Uh, you can you can get that with the promo code one heart, the number one, not O-N-E, but the number one and heart, one word, uh, and you get 50% off. And that's through tomorrow night at midnight. And then um, <clears throat> if you would like to help support us and all that we do, there's a donate button at the top of the page, uh, sonsoflibertymedia.com. Click on that and make a one-time donation or partner with us monthly as a son or daughter of liberty and we really do uh, appreciate your support now just a couple of headlines and two short videos for our bring on our guests this morning um from sons of libertymedia.com and this one i'm very excited about guys i two things today i'm excited about this show uh i think it's uh, hopefully i'm going to learn a lot of stuff i i got sort of a bird's eye view a, a big picture scheme of what we're going to talk about I'm hoping these guys are going to be able to help us in filling in some some details on it and things of that nature. But I think it's for some of you, your eyes are already open to some of this. You're already into it. Some of you are not. Uh, but there's also this article that I put out yesterday, and I ran across it through watching another friend's content. I don't usually get to watch a lot of you know something somebody else really puts out, um, you know, that has any meat in it, so to speak. Uh, but this guy did, and I caught this one thing. It was from a um, Senate Terrorism Committee in 1995. And I titled it, Remember How the Militia Warned About the Need for Their Existence for a Time Like This that We're In Now, and People Thought They Were Terrorists? They were calling up these militia leaders. One of them was Norman Olson from Michigan. And uh, I'm just going to give you a little flavor. This is the part that I saw. This it's, It runs about two minutes, but all 10 parts of this meeting were there. And boy, I wish men talked like this on the political front. I, I wish they would start talking like this guy. This guy is not only, he was not only a commander in the militia there, but he was, he's a preacher too. Listen to this guy and you'll get a flavor and you'll want to hear the whole thing. You really will. Check it out. I cannot understand how anybody could understand why someone would bomb. Now, this is Alan Specter. Arlen Specter. It's a matter of retribution. Well, you don't understand the problem that we've had in Northern Ireland. You don't understand the problem that we've had in South Africa. You do not understand the, the hatred and the retaliation, the retribution, and the revenge that has been going on around this globe since time immortal. Then you don't understand the dynamics, sir. Well, Mr. Olson, uh, I may not understand, uh, and that's why we've had these hearings so that you could have a full opportunity to express yourself. May I, may I make a correction for the record, too? Senator Cole raised a, a, a poster a moment ago showing um, uh, Hitler with his hand raised in the air. So that's a copyrighted poster uh, produced by Jews for the Preservation of Firearm Ownership. Uh, it is not the work of some militia organization. 
So just to make that a comment for the record. Well, we'll pick up your comment about copyrights and about Jews uh, 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 in a few minutes. No, sir, I believe, I believe you're trying to lay at the feet. You're trying to lay at the feet of the militia some culpability as a responsibility. You're trying to make us out to be something that we are not, much like the press has tried to do over this last year. Uh, we are not what you think we are. We are not what the press wants to feed to the American people. We are people who are opposed opposed to racism and hatred. We are people who love our government and love the Constitution. There's been the design and the blueprint for governments around this world. We're proud of the United States of America. But the thing that we stand against is corruption. We stand against our oppression and tyranny in government. And we, many of us, are coming to the conclusion that you best represent that corruption and tyranny. There are, there are millions. 40 to 70 million Americans out there on the other side of the Alleghenies, and there is intelligent life west of the Alleghenies, sir. And I believe that you have to talk to those people out there. You're, you're wasting precious time. <laughs> you're, you're an example of the corruption. Now, Spectre took issue with that. You got to hear the rest of the guy, of what he says about what the militia is, what it does, what it is, and what it isn't. I'm telling you, this... This guy Olson, there ain't no fear in that guy of dealing with these with these guys on on Capitol Hill, and um, uh, it's beautiful. And then he, there's some other guys in there speaking as well. But the militia were brought up after the Oklahoma City bombing. Oh well, you know, well Timothy McVeigh said such and such, and we think this, that, and the other. And he keeps pointing them back. Wait a minute, we assume people are innocent until proven guilty, and at that time there had been no trial. Okay, there'd been no real investigation into it. And Norman was saying, you know, this could be CIA. This could be any number of government groups. We know they do these kinds of things. Trust me on this. Uh, I haven't stirred you wrong on something to watch, right? Uh, as far as uh, a recommendation, you want to watch those 10 parts. And that's at sonsoflibertymedia.com. Also, Bradley was talking about this video, the truth about January 6th documentary. Uh, put that together real quick. You can watch that at sonsoflibertymedia.com as well. Also, uh, remember the California rep that wanted to relax punishments for sex offenders? And he was engaged in all kinds of other things. Let's see. Uh, Scott Weiner. I don't know what it is about these Weiner guys. Okay. They're, they're sexual perverts and they're, they're trying to drag everybody else down with them. Um, but this guy, Scott, he had been in, uh, wanting to vaccinate Preteens without parental consent, protecting pedophiles and other sex offenders, targeting people for jail time, for using wrong pronouns, and repealing law that requires one to notify sexual partners of HIV, AIDS, infection. He's promoting now a bill that would make it mandatory for K-12 through students to face a curriculum called Drag Queen 101 and would allow Drag Queen Storytime to satisfy that indoctrination. He's doing that in opposition to the guy down in Texas. Uh, who's wanting to shut down the drag queen stuff after the fiasco that went on over the weekend. And um, yeah, I've got some video in there. I don't even like really showing some of the, what some of these, it's just shameful what they do and they're doing it in front of kids. And if we're going to deal with the drag queens, what are we doing with the parents who are taking their kids to these things in the first place. It's it's absolutely ridiculous. SonsOfLibertyMedia.com, gas prices so high, police told to respond to 9-11 calls by phone. <laughs> That's pro That may be actually for the good of some people, to tell you the truth. Um, Ukrainian censorship of war and peace is the modern equivalent of Nazi book burning. 
Biden unconstitutionally declares a national emergency to boost solar production. Does that sound familiar? And you guys remember when uh, Barack Hussein Obama, Satoru Sabarka, the great usurper, remember when he was doing all that stuff with all the green energy people and the battery people and all this stuff? And uh, it turned out to be a just a big turnover of our money. Most of those companies went under. Yeah, you remember that? Biden's doing the same thing. The Department of Homeland Insecurity. They warn, brace for mass casualty violence as U.S. enters a summer of extreme chaos. Now, how do they know that? Because they're instigating it. They were created to stop all this kind of stuff, weren't they? Isn't that what we were told back there by uh, G.W. Bush? Bush too, when when they formed uh, the Department of Homeland. Oh, this is take care of terrorism and all that. They're not stopping it. They're warning you it's coming. It's because they're they're prodding it along. All right, they're prodding it along. All right, two quick little videos, and um, and then we're gonna get to our guests. All right, this is uh, you probably you guys probably seen this. So what's this guy's name? Jimmy uh, Kimmel. Um, and here's old Biden on there. And here's what he says. And I'm telling you, he's up there saying it because Donald Trump didn't do what he said he would do. Are you Trumpites? He's doing he's up there doing what he's doing because Donald Trump didn't do what he said he would do. And that was to bring justice. Listen to Biden. You often get asked, look, the Republicans don't play it square. Why do you play it square? Yeah, well, he doesn't well, play it what? square. If we do the same thing they do, our democracy will literally be in jeopardy. Well, I'm, yeah. I'm not a now, let me just stop it there a second. Democracy. They keep using that word. We're not a democracy. We're a constitutional republic. But think about it. Even going the democracy route, how many are there more people in America? If you want to go the pure democracy, are there more people in America that that want them to leave the Second Amendment alone? Yep. Are there more people who want abortion stopped? Yep. Are there more people who want them to quit spending unconstitutionally? Yep. Are there more people in America who want them to quit acting unconstitutionally and giving our money away to big corporations? Yep. But they don't they want to ignore that democracy, don't they? Just thought I'd throw that in there. Yo. And I, I understand that argument, but also it's like you're playing Monopoly with somebody who, you know, won't pass go and won't follow any of the rules. And how do you ever make any progress if they're not following the rules? Well, you got to send even, them to jail, uh, you know. <laughs> there's that little box in there. Directly to jail. Okay, uh, Republicans, he just told you what you need to do. You need to impeach him and his uh, his little whore that goes in there with him, the vice president or the, the illegitimate vice president. You need to impeach them. And if you got to go down the line to Nancy Pelosi or whoever, remove them, and then you got to prosecute them. But don't send them to jail. No, no, no. They're engaged in treason. That's that thing where, you know, we used to have a gallows and you used to tie a knot or tie a noose up. That's where they need to go. You give them due process, but that's where they need to go, not to jail. But he he's already told you, we're going to throw you in jail if you're a Republican. Now, I don't play the Republican-Democrat thing, but you know where, he, where he's going. If you're lawful, we want to throw you in jail because we're lawless. That's really what's going on. One more real quick. And uh, again, this this one, uh, you, just have to, you just have to roll your eyes at... Um, at, at what goes on. There is no doubt in my mind that some of these people do this, but but check this out. GMO is an publicity, but it's all we have hanging around. So for those on the radio, it doesn't matter what they're actually saying. 
What you got is you got a green screen. You got a guy with the green screen pulled over him, or he's in the green suit. You got a lady sitting here like she's, uh, you know, out in space. And the guy, she just puts it in his hand, and it kind of floats, and then she kind of moves stuff around. The guy's filming it. You ever notice that the people's clothes don't actually do all that stuff either? She talks about her hair. Well, my hair is not floating around because it's in a ponytail. Um, but anyway, it's really interesting <laughs> to see some of the stuff that they will put out to us. Um, and I, I have no idea where this particular thing comes from, but I've seen enough of the NASA footage, space station, stuff like that. Green screen pops in. You can see it. Um, some of the other things that just, it makes you question what in the world are they doing? Uh, what's going on there? Anyway, thought I'd share that with you. We're going to have some bonus videos as well. But this morning, we've got uh, two guests on. Now, Monday, we had Eric Hughes-Jones on with us. And we also had, uh, we also, at that time, when we got off the show, uh, we were talking about some things. I said, Eric, I said, why don't we, why don't we talk about this issue of corporations, um, you know, some of the language that's used and the enslavement of the people and he says, yeah, sure, I'll do that. And we're going to bring on my friend, uh, Bill, who is with the AmericanVoice.org, too. So I said, OK, we'll set that up. We'll do it. Uh, in my in my estimation, the you know, you've heard about the human trafficking, especially the children, sex trafficking, all this other. In my estimation, what we're going to talk about is nothing short of human trafficking of every single individual, including all of you who are listening to me, you'll get it once you see the the picture that's here. But it's my privilege to welcome to the Sons of Liberty, uh, Eric Hughes Jones again, and then also we're going to refer to him as just Bill from the AmericanVoice.org. Good morning, gentlemen. Hey, how's it going? Glad uh, glad you're having us on. Appreciate it. Bill, are you with us? Yes, I'm here. I, I hope you can hear me. Yep, we can hear you. Yeah, hear you just fine. Yeah, you're coming. Yeah, you're coming through. Hey, great. great. Let me let me start off with a brief definition from the U.S. Code, and then I'm going to kick it right over to Bill, and then we can Tim and I can come in on an ad hoc basis. So here's here's let's just start off with the government's own definition of quote the United States. If you refer to Title Twenty Eight. Section 3002. Once again, that's Title 28, Section 3002. It says the United States is defined as a, quote, federal corporation. So we are operating, that, and that allows the government in their mind to legally and lawfully operate, although it's not legal and lawful. But it's in their mind, they've sanctioned it, they've approved it in their own code to operate the United States federal government as a corporation, which basically, long, I'm going to oversimplify it, it takes us out of our constitutional common law standing where we should be and places us into a corporate standing. Corporations are fictions. Corporations are corpses. Corporations are dead entities. And allows the government in their mind to operate under the uniform commercial code and contract law, which means we're all the de facto employees of the United States corporation. And that's one of the many presumptions that is made when we enter or deal in any way with the system, the, uh, the courts, the government uh, on at all levels, because even your local, most local towns, 
counties and states are corporations as well. And with that, let me kick it over to Bill. Uh, Bill is from theamericanvoice.org. That's theamericanvoice.org. If Tim would indulge Bill uh, a brief description of his humanitarian mission helping Christians in Lebanon and what he's doing there, uh, before we get into the corporate government stuff, I think that would be wonderful. Is that okay with you, Tim? And yep, Bill, sure. go ahead. Yep. Go ahead, okay, thanks. Uh, uh, we're, what we're doing, we're, we're trying to feed the Christians that are purposely being star- starved out in Lebanon. There's about one and a half million people that are the Christian side of the Muslim faith. And the other side of the Muslim faith is purposely starving them out. So we're putting together a big, uh, I don't know how many of the containers that we're filling full of food and we're going to try to ship it over there. One of the things that may not be known, we have contacts in the Middle East directly with people, boots on the ground. We work with people all around the world. This is stuff that's not being uh, made available to the American people. They don't know what's happening over there. Currently, you have the Le- the Lebanese special forces in conjunction with the Russian special forces are going through Lebanon neighborhood by neighborhood, eliminating Hezbollah. Hezbollah are the peop- the, is the group as well as ISIS that are starving the Christian section out. So um, keep keep kind of you can go to the AmericanVoice.org and I'm going to read you several things as we go forward here out of a book that's currently available on, uh, that directs you to another web page within us uh, where you can pick up a book that's currently out that's called They Be Pirates, Matey, and it explains how our country got to the mess because what they found was the original documents of the original grant of jurisdiction from the uh, first Congress, second session to the um, judiciary of this country. Now, so you you can obtain a lot of information in relation to what we're going to dus- discuss here on the American as well. There's massive um, amount of information there at your disposal to read to, to pick up and continue on where Eric left off. Okay. Title right. 28 United States codes, 3,215. Let me real quick state this, the same book, the federal rules of civil procedure, which is title 28 at, Subsection at Rule 4 states that the court jurisdiction and immunity fall under a foreign state. You let that sink in there for a second. Go ahead. Yeah, we, well, we've talked about that before, that what we're faced with right now is not American government. It's a foreign government. It's a foreign um, you know, entity that's trying to, to control us or that is controlling us at this point. And ultimately, this is, uh, as Bradley likes to use the term, trying to Europeanize America in both in its law and in its culture. And ultimately, this stuff derives its authority. It goes right back in to Rome is what I what I understand. Um, I was speaking with a lady the other day who's kind of helping me with some things. And she said, you know, it's it's like the Vatican is is daddy and the IRS is mama. 
and uh, they're working hand right. in glove together uh, to to basically keep the people in a in in slavery. I, I don't know any other way to say it. I, that's as that's as clear as I can see it. But I, that's why we have you guys on the show is to talk about that this morning. Okay. Well, here's let me read you something. This is stuff that happened before any of us were even alive. Okay. So, you know, we, we didn't make the news here. What we're doing is just reporting the news that we've been able to extract from the public record. On December 29th of 1945, under the International Organization Immunities Act, the entire offices, the Department of Justice, the Department of State, all other offices and officers of the United States government, state governments, county governments, was turned over to the United Nations. So we don't have a government here in the United States. America today is not run by Americans. And how, why would I say that? Well, if you go look up a special report of the 81st Congress second session on report number 3123, you can find it at the union calendar number 1078 of uh, September 21st, 1950. This is right out of the Senate of, your, of the United States. It's a report on the National Lawyers Guild. And the first sentence, I'm going to read this to you right out of the report. It says the National Lawyers Guild is the foremost legal bulwark of the Communist Party. Wow. Its front organizations and controlled unions. Since its inception, it has never failed to rally to the legal defense of the Communist Party and individual members thereof, including known espionage agents. And who are they referring to? The National Lawyers Guild the legal bulwark of the Communist Party. So who are these foreign actors that have taken over our country? It's the Bar Association. The Bar Association is an arm of the International Lawyers Guild, which is a division and run by the Crown of England. The falsity is our country has never not been under the control of the Crown of England. Okay, and you can prove that for yourself by going and reading the treaty, the definitive treaty of peace. Okay, of uh, and in that you'll have to read it, but in that definitive treaty of peace, the uh, crown kept two positions for itself: the arch treasurer and prince elector of the Holy Roman Empire and of the United States of America. So they've seized the American people's public rights. And they, if, if you go back in the history, we've been lied to from the very beginning. Okay? And we've been continued to be lied to. And all of this has been warned to us by our earliest decisions of the court. Okay? I'll read you one real quick here. This is a really old case, 1952, and it explains what they've done here. Says next to revenue, taxes itself delayed extensions of the jurisdiction of the admiralty and our greatest grievance our greatest grievance. The American courts of admiralty seem to be forming by degrees into a system that is to overturn our constitution and deprive us of our best inheritance, the law of the land. That's an old case called Jackson versus Magnolia, eighteen fifty two case. So right there they showed us the intentions of our federal courts. Now 
when you go read those things, you find a key thing happened in 1871. Two things happened in that in, in 1871. First, the creation of the municipal corporation, the District of Columbia Incorporated. Okay. The second thing that happened in 1871 is joint stock trusts were made illegal by Congress. Why is that important? Because the Federal Reserve is a joint stock trust that was created in 1870. A year later, they made it illegal that our whole country is controlled by the Federal Reserve through that joint stock trust that you and I are forbidden from ever being able to do again. The purpose of a joint stock trust is to issue currency. So the Federal Reserve is outside. It's extra constitutional. It does not issue constitutional money. It issues money in the form of currency, which is not legal tender under constitutional purview. So we've been lied to in every front that you believe that you have an understanding. We're in a foreign jurisdiction controlled by foreign actors, and nobody in America that's American is run in America. It's all run by foreign entities. You have all these alphabet agencies, and the biggest majority of them are nothing more than law firms posing as government agency to provide the people with essential governmental services. Unfortunately for us, under the original agreement, the, the first treaty after the Revolutionary War, that treaty placed us in a position that most people do not understand at all what took place which that treaty, in, in essence, when you add the other activities that took place after it, has placed the American people very squarely in a position as a slave. And the proof of that is the jurisdiction that's exercised in all of our courts today. And it's called Admiralty Maritime and Special Maritime Jurisdiction. Special Maritime Jurisdiction can be found at Title 18 of the United States Code at Subsection 7. The old text basically call special maritime jurisdictions the law of pirates. So we have been basically invaded at the very beginning of the whole thing. The king took away his red coat army with their muskets and bayonets and swords. They brought ships here to remove that red coat army. Nobody paid attention to all of the business suits and briefcases that were coming off the boats that were in reality the king's civil militia, as mentioned in the old text. And that civil militia of the crown in America is known as the Bar Association. So they are the domestic enemy. They've seized our courts. They've placed us under an international jurisdiction. We're no longer under the law of the land, under the common law. And that's the crux of the destruction of our society. Now, our founding fathers left us a system that's operated by you and me, we the people. And they're called independent brand and pettit juries. They operate independent of the executive, legislative, and judicial. Okay? They are an entity, a constitutional entity of itself. 
It's not under the purview of any government. It's run by the people for the people. Completely different set of laws, rules. Everything is done outside of this federal jurisdiction. It's supposed to be run by the states, but we have no states. Everything has now been flipped over to corporatism. Now we find ourselves under corporate fascism today. So that's the problem. But the system's there. It's always been there. And Bill just took a, a yes. Let, let me let Go me ahead. interject just something here because you're talking about the money system too, uh, which is sort of yes. foundational to make all this run. And you know, under our constitution, the only money that's that's mentioned there, this constitutional money, is gold and silver. That's all Congress has been authorized to coin. And there's this yep. great little there's this great little uh, like a bullet point uh, that a guy brought out, and here's what he said. Gold is the money of kings. Silver is the money of gentlemen. Barter is the money of peasants. And debt is the money of slaves. And the money system that the United States has right now is not gold. It's not silver. There's still some people bartering, but that doesn't happen in most everyday commerce. But we're a debt system. Even the, the, the little greenbacks that we get, they're losing value as they're sitting in our wallet right now with the with inflation. But they, when the Federal Reserve prints that, they're printing that money out of thin air. There's nothing backing it. Yes. And, uh, and then we're right. going and using it uh, when we get uh, our tax forms from, from people, whether we work for them or we're working for ourselves, we get like 1099s and stuff like that. We're expected, we're, we've been taught that we pay taxes on that, but really what's supposed to happen is we're supposed to keep the books settled so that we're putting that taxation back on the corporations who are trying to make us pay the taxes on it. Because there was a, the, the whole idea of an income, even by the uh, definition of the Supreme Court, is not a person going and trading their time for money. That's just an exchange. Uh, but they're wanting, to, they're wanting us to eat the taxes. They're wanting us to do everything while the corporations continue to grow and continue to, you know, basically try to reign over us. Sure. Yeah, you're, you're engaged in nothing more than corporate welfare. Yeah. Uh, let me read you some from a, from a case called the United States versus Georgia Pacific Company. You can find it 421 Fed Second 92. It says the government, by, become a, by becoming a corporator, lays down its sovereignty so far as respects to the transaction of the corporation and it exercises no power or privilege which is not derived from the charter. Now, the charter they're talking about there is the original constitution, which is laid aside. We have four basic constitutions today. Okay. The the original jurisdiction, the de jure jurisdiction or de jure, however you want to say that has been set aside or tried to be set aside that began in 1861 with the offset of what they called the Civil War. Okay, we came out of the Civil War. We went into the Civil War as a republic. We came out of the Civil War as a democracy. The people's side of the government, our side of the government, okay, was set aside under the reconstruction of that. And so the the outcome of the Civil War was the reconstruction of the republic into the democracy, and it was all done illegal and unlawfully. And the reason for the split, which was called the Civil War, was Abraham Lincoln was never 
off, he, he, he never qualified to be the president of the original jurisdictional government. And so the South split. He was an attorney. He was a member of the Bar Association. Okay. And he, he, he didn't hold muster to hold the presidency. We know what happened after that. And today, because of those Reconstruction Acts, we have the democracy and the Civil War is still waging today. There was never an armistice or a ceasefire that was ever signed by the side. So we're still under the Civil War, which places us clearly under military martial law rule under the Libra Code. Now, a lot of this may sound totally unfamiliar to people, and that's not by chance. It's been totally written out of the curriculum of our school systems because all school curriculum in our country is controlled by a single entity out of Washington, D.C. called the National Education Association, and it, by its own charter, is admitted to be a communist organization for the purpose of, of spreading communism and socialism within America. That happened in 1938, long before we were ever born for most of us. Okay. So the, the history's there. What we're trying to do is educate the people about the history so they can see where their true power lies. And your true power and my true power is not at the voting booth. Your true power is it in the jury booth Amen. under the common law of the land. Yep. Okay. So what we're, we're trying to educate the people about that. There's proper procedures. There's recipes that we, we found. And the problem that we have is the founding fathers didn't leave us an operating manual for that republic under the grand juries. So what we've been able to do over the last 45, 50 years many hundreds of people around the country is scouring the archives and we've been able to pull out of the old uh, decisions of the courts of common pleas in the county from those dis decisions we've been able to extract and we're still currently putting together the operator's manual okay and we're making all that available and a lot of that information that we've discussed here is there at the americanvoice.org for people that are not familiar with some of the stuff we hear, if you go there, one of the, the premier dictionaries in the, in the world for understanding legal terms, which have different meanings than the same word has in ordinary speech, can be found in Black's Law Dictionary, fourth edition. For listeners that have never heard of Black's Law Dictionary, you can go to the American Voice, go to the site map, find the dictionary. You can go to that web page and download a, a copy of Black's Fourth Law Dictionary annotated version for free that you can search. It's imperative that you understand the definitions of words and terms because that's what the war is waged with. They put away the swords, they put away the bayonets and the muskets, and they brought in the pens, and the pens are now mightier than the sword because the Bar Association writes all of our laws they enforce all of laws. They've taken over the courts. Every court in our country is run by bar associations. So everything is on the private side. They've seized everything. And they are ruling us under international foreign law, not under any law of our country as established by our founding fathers. 
now, so Bill, that's the crux of the issue. Yeah, Bill, yes. one of the things, and I kind of want to bring, uh, you know, a spiritual aspect into this, too. And this this came about when um, uh, my friend David, who we had on the show, David Pruitt, uh, we were we were talking about something one night and some people were going, OK, I see how this all this happened. How did I as an individual become a slave? Well, your mom signed that little birth certificate deal. And all of you were taught in school to write your name, right? You you weren't taught to write it in all capital yeah. letters. You weren't taught to write it in all small letters. You were used upper lowercase. And so what happened was the state went in and they just created a fictitious entity that has a name that looks like yours, but it's not. It's on all your bills. It's on your driver's license on all this stuff. And they basically have made you a slave. Now, they're they're making money, literally billions and trillions of dollars off of us just being people, just being born. Um, and uh, one of the things that I had in my conversation with David was from Genesis chapter 3. And we go there, and one of the things that, that Eve says when she's deceived by the serpent is she, let me see if it, I don't think, it, no, I just pulled up just so I'll have the word, because I want people to see this. But God asks, you know, what is this you've done? And she says, well, it was the serpent. He beguiled me or he deceived me, okay? And what's interesting is, is, you know, I've seen these people say, oh, well, he, he, the serpent was having sex with, with Eve, which is just ridiculous to produce Cain because Genesis 4 1 says Adam knew his wife and she bore a son and they called him Cain, right? So, but when, when you go to the root word of where it's translated as deceived or beguiled me, here's what you find you find to lend on interest or to be a creditor. Now, for some people, maybe it will trip some things in your mind about what actually took place in the fall. In the fall, man gave up his dominion. He gave up uh, all, all of the, the blessings that God had given him. He was driven out of the garden. Uh, we're told that the wages, see the monetary use, the wages of our sin is death. And I can name numerous things to the scripture, but ultimately when Christ comes, he puts himself, he, he gives himself on the cross. And then what, what happens is when he, when his work is done, he uses the term to telestai or it's finished or paid in full. In other words, Christ balances the books. There's no, there's no wages of sin that's due for the sinners for which he died. And I want people to get that in their mind that there's a spiritual aspect that's been brought here into the physical. And just as the Bible says we're dead in our sins and our trespasses, Bill, maybe, maybe you can elaborate a little bit on this too, as to why uh, sometimes you, you're not allowed to speak in court and all this other is because you're considered to be dead. And we go back to yep, somewhere right. around 1666 for that. I don't know if you want to elaborate a little bit to help people understand why well, they're yeah. in the fix they're in. Mm. Yeah, you can go back that far. That's the 1666 Sesta K. Vi Trust Act in England. Notice the numbers, 666. I should tell you right off the get-go that that's a very evil, Sesta K. Vi Trust Act is very evil. Now, what they've done and, and, and what we've taken out of the congressional record, uh, the Legislative Act of February 21st, 1871, under the 41st Congress, Second Session, Chapter 62, Page 419 chartered the federal company entitled, quote, unquote, United States, all capital letters, a.k.a. also U.S. Incorporated, 
It's a commercial agency. Okay. And under all of this garbage that this corporate Congress and Senate, which do not represent any of us, they only operate and represents the interest of corporatism. Okay. According to several, and I can read this long list of these different cases and acts, but I'm not going to here. From all of these decisions, you can only conclude that a citizen of the United States, if you claim to be a small C citizen of the United States, is a civilly dead entity operating as a co-trustee and a co-beneficiary of a public SESTA trust, which is established under the birth certificate because your mother was not the mother listed on the birth certificate. She was the informant. And as the informant, she's informed to the government and they use the placenta, which came with the baby. And they've determined that the placenta was a separate sister person. I guess you could, I guess you could call it a twin. Yep. Okay. And from the placenta, which they took and didn't give it back for burial, they created the second person. Okay. And then you can get into the definitions of persons. And when you read that, it'll blow your mind because persons are not humans. That's right. Today. Today, persons are artificial entities, corporations, and all of these well, that, artificial that's things. That's what the Supreme they're all, they're all, Yeah, that's what the Supreme Court's you know, ruled all, that the corporation is an actual is a person. And this leads me yep. to, I don't want to get off the trail that we're on, but it leads me to the question of have, have the, has the pro-life people, have some of us been duped with personhood bills? Because that's exactly where my mind went when I learned this issue about persons was have we been duped to push that on ourselves because we've been beguiled just like Eve in this situation? Oh, Absolutely. <clears throat> they placed a value on us. They bonded that value. That bond was then initiated. I'm not going to go into a long dissertation, but what it boils down to is every single one of us has roughly a million dollars of Federal Reserve notes in circulation that the serial number on those notes can be traced back to the bond that was created on your birth certificate. And that's floating out in there. That's your money. And I'm, we're the creditors for that, but they never give us any credit. And when we try to go down and attach that credit, which we're legally and lawfully allowed to do uh, under the, the uh, acts of, of 1933 under Roosevelt, there's a whole series of acts there. Um, it, it's a long read, but we're supposed to be able to go down, as you mentioned earlier, and balance the books. We're not supposed to be paying double for everything and triple. Uh, we've even found uh, in some cases, in one specific case, uh, in a divorce, a guy had somebody doing some research on his divorce case, and the guy came back about three or four weeks later, and he says, hey, man, I thought you said you only got divorced once. And he says, yeah, I've only been divorced. I've only been married once. And he says, well, according to the public record, you've been divorced three times and what they did is they is they did his divorce case a bunch of bonds on it there's up to seven different types of bonds that are issued against every court case in their jurisdiction because it's all commercial jurisdiction it's maritime 
law, which is the mercantile law. And he found that they'd actually just added letters and numbers to the beginning of the original case. And then they divorced him two more times. And there's over $350 million worth of bonds that have been issued in this guy's divorce. Three different, he's only been in a courtroom once, but the record shows that he's been divorced three different times. $350 million in money that was used against his body as collateral that the federal government then placed that in the circulation. And that's why they say, oh, well, we have the ability to uh, issue unlimited funds. We can't go background. Okay, because they've enslaved the American people in a system of slavery that's an invisible system of slavery, and it's based on the use of fictional money, coupons. A federal reserve note is a debt instrument. Okay, that automatically your use of that quote unquote money without any kind of a rebuttal, okay, places you under that foreign uh, financial law system that they've implemented uh, overlaid our whole country with that foreign jurisdiction. And it was that way from the very beginning. It wasn't as bad when it started out. Let me read you one real quick here. This is called McKeechee, the McKeechee versus Hawaii case, 1903. It says, this is the Supreme Court of the United States, quote, It will then come about that we will have two governments over the people subject to the jurisdiction of the United States, one existing under the written Constitution, creating a government with authority to exercise only powers expressly granted and such as are necessary and appropriate to the carry out into effect those so granted. The other existing outside of the written Constitution in virtue of an unwritten law to be declared from time to time by Congress, which itself only a creature of that instrument. Indeed, it has been announced by some statesmen that the Constitution should be interpreted to mean not what it is, its words naturally or usually or even plainly import, but what the apparent necessities of the hour or the apparent majority of the people at a particular time demand at the hands of a judiciary. I cannot assent to any such view of the Constitution, nor could I approve the suggestion that the status of Hawaii and the powers of its local government are to be measured by the resolution of 1898 without the reference to the Constitution. It is impossible for me to grasp the thought that with that which is admittedly contrary to the supreme law can be sustained as valid. But yet that's where we are today. So that's a case called Hawaii versus Mankichi. You can find that at 190 U.S. 197, a 1903 case. So all of this stuff, and we were warned by Jefferson and all the founding fathers. Mm. I mean, let's look at it. Except for Hamilton, right? Hamilton wanted wanted this kind of thing. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. They set this system up originally to protect us, okay? But then the bar member attorneys who write all the laws and all the statutes, okay, and by the way, just so you know, the statutes are not law, okay, and we can provide you all the case law that says the term person in the statute does not include the sovereign. And and that's then the argument goes from there. 
but the but the case law is indisputable that you and I, as sovereign living entities, are not to be subject to the statutes unless we're specifically named therein, and we're not. Yeah. All the statutes say, if a person, if a person, if a person. Well, if you don't know that you're not a person under the definition that they use, then you would admit that you are. And that's why that, it's important. And why that's that's why they want you the law to, dictionaries. Yeah, that's why they want you to cop to the fact that you are the all capital letters name when they call you. And you have to be clear and spell that out to them. No, I am. And you say your name in the upper and lower case. You distinguish yourself from that dead entity. Um, we got a couple of minutes here just on the radio bill, but I wanted to kind of, you made mention of this, this law of the sea. And I posted this, uh, on my Facebook for, for my friends to say, this is what we're, you know, kind of going to get into and, and today, and we're going to, we're going to hold you guys over after the show. So people want to catch us before it's news.com top of the page, dlive.tv at the sons of Liberty or sons of Liberty media.com or rumble, uh, sons of Liberty radio live. But this is one of the things that I showed. Now, you guys on the on the there, uh, Bill and uh, Eric are calling in, so they can't see. But this is the law of the sea, and you look at the terms that they use. A boat has sails, and they, your corporations have sails, S A L E. And then here's some of the words right. and phrases involving ships, water, and the sea. We use these all the time. We never think about how they tie in with this. We're drowning in debt. We have a cash flow. We talk about loan sharks liquid assets, staying afloat, currency, head above water, legal tender, which is smaller boat, frozen bank account, subprime mortgage, my house is underwater, breach of contract, and then all of the ships, citizenship, relationship, worship, hardship, sponsorship, scholarship, championship, censorship. All of these are kind of terms that we use, but but Bill, most people would never associate those terms with things that we're talking about this morning. Absolutely not. And that's not, that's by design. Okay. They, they purposely direct our attention away from the truth. Okay. And then it's when somebody like us that comes out with the truth and we've got this all in print, we, we found the stuff, we found the book called the American Admiralty, it's a jurisdiction and practice. It's the authority on the Judicial Act of 1789 that created the federal courts, defined that jurisdiction, and also defined the state court's jurisdiction. Yeah, and what Bill, we find can you hold, you can you hold that, that thought? Is, hold that thought. we got to close out the show here. I'll let you finish it up on the other side. Okay. Guys, if you want to catch in on the rest of this interview, go to sonsoflibertymedia.com, beforeitsnews.com. Be sure to catch Bradley at 3 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Central, sonsoflibertymedia.com. And we'll be back in the morning, Lord willing, with uh, Kate Shimarani for our health and wellness show. Till then, see ya. Okay, got to hear all the music there for a change. I didn't <laughs> lay out at the end. Uh, Bill, I did, we want to welcome everybody coming over from Red State Talk Radio. And uh, Bill, I, I didn't mean to cut you off just the timing here, but go ahead and finish your thought on what you were right. communicating there. Okay, well, the Judicial Act of 1789 is the authority on the jurisdictions of this country, okay? It was never published and placed on the law library shelves in this country. The only place that it was placed was in the Chief Justice's office of the district courts, the federal courts in this country. The 
Prosecuting attorneys are allowed to go in and read it. They're not allowed to copy it or take it out of the chambers. Defense attorneys are not even allowed to go in and read it. Okay, And the reason is, is because it tells the truth about the jurisdiction of our country. And the way it was set up and the way it has been bastardized by the Esquires. Okay. And we also delve into Title 28 of the United States Code, which is the uh, federal judicial uh, procedures and rules. And in there, it's very telling in the footnotes. It tell, they, they actually tell us how, how they overthrew and abrogated the Constitution and our rights. Now, we're vessels of the United States under their definitions. And under the 1933 Emergency Bank Act, which is actually Public Law 1, Stat 1, which amended the Trading of, with the Enemy Act of 1917, which you can find at 12 United States Code 95A, those acts make all citizens of the United States enemies of our own government. Okay, And they did that by changing one word in the Trading with the Enemy Act. They, trade, they changed the word without the United States to within the United States and thus made us, we are determined by them, the, the government, and there really isn't any government. Now it's all just corporations posing as government, but they determine that we are the enemy. Okay. So we, we, we go into a court, we're looked at as an enemy. Everything we do, we look at as an enemy of them. And the reason is because they broke the law and they're scared that when the people finally find out, okay, that we might act as their real enemy. And you mentioned the militias earlier, and I believe the Second Amendment says that the militia is necessary for the security That's of right. a free state. Okay. Yep. And now, folks, you're starting to understand the meaning of that. Because your country, you're on the verge of losing your country entirely to these communists. And as it's stated in the federal archives under the National Lawyers Guild, and you can find this, this is the Committee on Un-American Activities, September 21st, 1950. And we have all of this for you. In the, in the appendix of the Pirates book, it's all laid out, the actual copies, right out of the original grant. Now, here's one of the key elements that people will pick up on this when you start reading this. The original grants under the Constitution, under this Judicial Act of 1789, that defined the jurisdictions, defined of, of the federal courts and the state courts, okay, in Subsection 18 of that book, and I'm reading it to you out of the appendix page of the Pirates book, it says, quote, the constitutional grant to the nation was fixed and inflexible the moment the Constitution was adopted. I can go on and on and on. There's only five elements of the Admiralty Maritime jurisdiction of the crown that were adopted here. Only five. Okay, and then under the treaty, uh, the definitive treaty of peace, we agreed to contract with the king for 19 essential government services, not 19,000. Okay, 19. So statistically, since these were all fixed and flexible, we should only have 
19 corporations that are providing us essential government services. I don't know how many alphabet agencies that we currently have at the federal level. Now they're all brought down to the state level. We don't have any states. We don't have a country. We've been invaded by foreign invaders, and they've ruled over us since the beginning. We were lied to from the beginning. We have never not been under the rule of the crown of England. We've been under the rule of the crown through the bar associations, and it's getting worse and worse Bill, and worse one of the- because nothing they do. Yeah, one yeah, of the things ahead. that one of the things, Bill, that you you hit on and that we've we've touched on several times is these guys who get up, whether it's Trump or whether it's people you see in the movies or whatever, they're always praising Abraham Lincoln. He's the greatest president. He's the guy who really put the face on all this and really bunked it. And so people uh one of the things that Bill you mentioned was the nineteen thirty-three um deal that they did where there was really, I guess, in essence, a bankruptcy. This is, I'm just showing people online, this is the um, certified copy of that that I got from the Library of Congress in dealing with that. And the parts that are relevant to us as individuals, uh, somebody saying, where can you, where can we get our money to take care of our debts and stuff that we have? Well, there's, there's processes you can do for that. But the, but the main thing is in order to do it, Everything that I'm being told by people is you need to understand what's going on because you're going to have to be a person who has to defend it when you go to do it. You've got to you've got to know what you're talking about. You've got to know what they've done. You've got to show them that they've they've erred. And then you you've got to be able to take it to it. And part of that is, I mean, it's an issue of knowledge and understanding that people have that we just haven't been given. We've been given a in in large measure a false history. We've been given uh, you know, a false uh, sense of security and, uh, you know, lied to that we are quote unquote free when everything around us is showing us that's not the case. Uh, the, the whole matrix thing is not so far off as far as, uh, as, as far as government's concerned and this usurpation, uh, where they have come in and undermined the constitution of the rights of the people. And, and they've done exactly what the devil did to Eve in the garden. They beguiled us, have they not? Absolutely, they have. Now, let me, I'm going to read you something here that most people don't even know this exists. But we have over 320 pages out of the archives that proves that it was ratified, and it's called uh, the Title of Nobility Amendment. It was the original 13th Amendment to the Constitution, the original Constitution under original jurisdiction. It was put on the Senate record in 1810. Um, It's called the Titles of Nobility, 13th Amendment. This is what it said. And it was passed finally in 1819. So it took them from 1810, nine years, because they didn't have phones. They only had horses back then, no cars or anything. But this is what it said. And it's valid and binding today. Quote, if any citizen of the United States shall accept, claim, receive, or retain any title of nobility or honor, or shall without the consent of Congress, accept or retain any present pension, office, or emolument of any kind from any person, king, prince, or foreign power, such person shall cease to be a citizen of the United States and shall be incapable of holding any office of trust or profit under them or either of them. Now, what is a title of nobility? Title of nobility is bestowed upon bar association members as an esquire, which they flaunt everywhere 
and the term Esquire is a position in the king's hierarchy and the king's precedent. He's one below a doctor and one above, above a gentle, gentleman. So the term doctor is also a title of nobility, which falls under the 13th Amendment. So we have foreign agents of a foreign power holding a title of nobility of Esquire and the king's precedence that controls literally everything on the planet now. They have infiltrated every government here except, I think, two, um, mostly Muslim countries. But they've taken over the whole world in commerce, and they've used the Commerce Clause of the United States. Now, we were, we were warned about this in 1851. In a, in a federal case this, in the United States Supreme Court, it's called Propeller Genesee Chief versus Fitzhugh. You can find it at 53 U.S. 433. You can find it at 12 How 53 U.S. is also known as Book 12 of Howard Reports. <clears throat> but you can look that up, and this is what the decision of the court was. Back then, they tried to warn us, the early judges tried to warn us of the plans of the what, uh, oh, the territory of British territorial government. Quote, if the power of regulating commerce can be made the foundation of jurisdiction in its courts and a new and extended admiralty jurisdiction beyond its heretofore known or admitted limits would justify the same exercise of power, admiralty, on the land. That's what they did. They brought admiralty mar maritime jurisdiction, which is the law of the sea and international uh, commercial jurisdiction, which was never intended to be utilized uh, on contracts on the land to be carried out on the land, but yet they brought it on the land and then they utilized it. It's called vice admiralty, what they do that. And that's the very activity that was that actually caused the Revolutionary War. So, Bill, so it wasn't a Tea Party, as can, we've been taught. Yeah. Can, can I get you to help people understand just a little bit about that? How did they actually do it? How did they take the law of the sea and put it as the law of the land? How did they do that? By, by bastardizing the rules of the court. Okay. And, and we expose that, all of that in, in the, in they be pirates made it. it it's a compilation of, I, think, I forget how many um, of the actual pages that we have, but we go into, part of what we go into in this book is the Federal Judicial Procedures and Rules. I'll, I'll read you a couple little things right out of this real quick so you can understand what they've done. In one section of the rule book, okay, um, first of all, <clears throat> they talk about in the rules on Rule 1, the scope of the rules, and then they talk about the courts. Well, the original courts under the Judicial Act of the federal jurisdiction were called the District Courts of the United States. If you have a district court, a federal court, in your, and you live in a, in a, county, uh, a capital of, say, uh, Washington, okay, or Oregon or wherever, if you go down to your federal court in there, you'll find that outside, on the outside of the court, it doesn't say district courts of the United States. It says United States district courts. 
the original grant of jurisdiction was not given to the United States District Court because they didn't exist. The courts that were garnered and created by the first Congress were the district courts of the United States. So what happened to those district courts of the United States? Well, they created another jurisdiction and slid in a whole new court structuring. And they, in the notes on the advisory committee on rules, they tell us how they did that. Okay. Now, one of the things that we also found is in, in that same series of books, um, Section 504, it, it starts out at Section 501, uh, page 592 of the 1993 uh, Title 28 of the United States Code, which is the Federal Judicial Procedures and Rules, Part 2, Department of Justice, subsection 501, it talks about Department of Justice having a seal and the attorney generals approved by the Senate and all, and then it goes to the deputy attorney generals, the associate attorney generals. Nowhere in any of this does it say anything about law until you get to subsection 505, the solicitor general. And we find when we read this, that the solicitor general inside the Department of Justice is the only party that's required to be learned in the law. Now, when you read that, you would automatically assume that all the rest of these attorneys and assistant attorney generals and deputy attorney generals and all those people would be learning the law as well. Okay. First of all, we everybody thinks the Department of Justice is probably Department of the Judiciary, but we find out that the Department of Justice is an executive department within the department, executive department of government. So it has nothing to do with the judiciary. And then when we go to the notes on the advisory committee once again okay in relation to the learned in the law phrase this is what it says in the notes quote the words learned in the law are omitted as unnecessary such a requirement is not made of the attorney general united states attorneys or united states judges hello they are not required to be learned in the law. And the reason is that federal jurisdiction doesn't operate in the law. The term law means common law of the land. That common law of the land is an entire separate system of law. It's got its own rules of the court. It's got its own procedural. It's got its own law and it's there. And in the old text, the courts of common pleas in the counties the determination in the old text is the common law is the law of liberty. I can prove you to you right out of the Admiralty Maritime Jurisdiction, which is an action in REM, and actions in REM only apply to slaves. So when you go into a court today, you are subject to the Admiralty Maritime Commercial Jurisdiction as a slave. You have no rights, benefits, or immunities under the Constitution, and they just take whatever they want. They don't even follow any of the rules in the courts anymore. It's an atrocity of justice against the American people. We're trying to educate people how to get back to the rule of law. And when you see that term rule of law, it means rule of the common law of the land, unless you're personally engaged in an international contract and commerce with a foreign uh, party, 
and that contract has been placed on the record and it's in dispute in the court. And that's not the case in 90% of the, of the cases in these courts in this country. We want freedom. We have to get back to the law of liberty. The law of liberty Amen. is not admiralty maritime. It's the law of slaves. And it's also now been turned over to the law of pirates, special maritime jurisdiction. Our purpose is to revendicate the republics. And that includes teaching people how to be sovereign and in, involved in that because of this big split we have and those government alphabet agents or agencies being, and everybody in them are foreign. If you go to Title 22, the United States Code under the Foreign Agents Registration Act, okay, Foreign Relations and Intercourse, Chapter 11, identifies all public officials as foreign agents. That does not discriminate from the public officials at the township and county and state levels because they all receive federal funding. Okay, So once again, under Title 22, United States Code, Foreign Relations and Intercourse, Chapter 11 identifies all public officials as foreign agents. And under that same Title 22, it's subsection 611, it tells you that they're all required to register as foreign agents. And I'm going to give you a little uh, comparison here to see, show you how they do things. <clears throat> they set this up and say that, oh, <clears throat> Title 22, Foreign Agents Registration Act, you're all supposed to register as foreign agents. Now, under Title 28, we also have the Foreign Agents uh, Immunity Act. You and I, as sovereigns, it's called the uh, Foreign Sovereign Immunities Act. Well, we're sovereign. We're supposed to be sovereign. The people are. And as a sovereign, we're supposed to have immunity from prosecution and collateral attack by foreign agents. Now, under the Habana Act of 1940, the entire Department of Justice was turned turned over all of the re, uh, relations, foreign relations of the Secretary of State's office were given and rolled over to the Department of Justice. What we believe happened at that point in time is the Department of Justice removed the requirement of all bar members from signing up as a foreign agent under the Foreign Agents Registration Act. Now, think of this. If you went into a court, federal court, and they followed the Foreign Agents Registration Act, and they have their green card that shows that they've registered as a foreign agent, then you and I could claim immunity from their actions if they're registered. But none of them are registered. We don't believe they're required to be registered anymore. So therefore, it bars you and I from going in and claiming our immunity under the Foreign Sovereign Immunities Act from these foreign agents that are operating in our court. Just a thought for people to that's expand incredible. their mind there. Yeah, that's so, that's totally that's totally incredible. So is is this why uh, when you know you get you get taken to court for all kinds of things and you go in there? Uh, oftentimes they will treat you, the individual, the the living man, if you will, uh, they will treat you in such a way that they basically ignore you. 
and they just do whatever they want to exactly. do. So, so let me ask you this, Absolutely. Bill, because I know there's a lot that we can get into. We could, we could literally spend hours and I'd love to have you back on the show uh, to continue some of this, because I think, I think people need to understand where they're at so they can, they can turn it around. That, that's the whole point. It's not just to, to leave you in a doom right. and gloom kind of situation. One of the things you mentioned is common right. law grand jury. Uh, we, we played the yep. militia at the first, and that's, that's something I've been harping on for several years now is the only law enforcement uh, that's mentioned in the Constitution, besides the president ensuring that the laws are faithfully executed, is the militia. And that's the people. That's not the National Guard. That's the people themselves. And the people have been Correct. demonized. That's why I played that from 95. I mean, men don't talk like that anymore, like like Mr. Olson was talking oh. uh, and confronting their – he said – and one of the things people will love this, it was just beautiful. He said, you know, you guys are the children that we, the parents created. And sometimes the child needs a good spanking to get it back in line. I mean, he, he came out and told them that. And I, I think the people have lost the idea that they are the, the power, the source of, of bringing, bringing um, the law to bear against the guilty. We see it with the people. They get frustrated because the, the politicians are coming out and doing things that are unlawful and unconstitutional. We see it when, when the cops are out doing it and all this other, and everybody gets frustrated and they go, where is the justice? And they want to bring the justice themselves. Well, they can do it lawfully. And we've been going through uh, tacticalcivics.com. You may be familiar with them or not, David Zuniga and stuff. Mm -hmm. And I told people, I said, whether you agree with everything on there, I said, he's got a plan there. And the two major things that are the teeth of the people to bring about the resolve that we say that we want are the common law grand jury locally in our county and also the militia reestablishing those. One, you can bring you can bring the indictments. The other, you can you can enforce the law. You can go make the arrest. You can do what you need to do with the militia. And to me, that makes so much sense. It's I think it's completely biblical, especially when you go back in the book of Joshua and Judges, you see. This is this is how the people dealt with things, and um, and and we've lost a lot of that. We wanted somebody else to do for us what we won't do for ourselves. Right. Well, it's a complete misunderstanding by the American people of their status, standing, and character. Now, there's a there's a really old adage. It's it's called ab asudius non fit injuria. You can look that up in Black's Law Dictionary. What that means is. He who has failed to preserve his rights is deemed to have abandoned them. And everybody in this country, except for a few of us, sit in that position. Now, under Article 4, Section 1 of the Constitution, you have the right to make a public record. As a matter of fact, there's even two executive orders that say you have the right and the, the duty to go down and place on the public record under Article 4, Section 1, and establish your moral standing and character, your law standing and character, and tell the world who you are, what you believe in, the law you are under, and how you're going to act and, and formulate that. So the problem is abasudius non -infit, fit injuria. If you've never made a public record, then you cannot have the full faith and credit of the public record that you make under Article 4, Section 1 of the Constitution. Now, 
there's a proper method to do these things. And a lot of people go out there and do them wrong. What we're trying to do is forget about doing the research. We've got 175, 200 years of research already done. What we're trying to say is here is the research. You look at it. You decide. We've decided that we feel that we have been invaded by a foreign power, and it is now a domestic enemy of the people. And all of those elements are in the public record. They put them in there so we could never go back and accuse them of fraud, even though they've committed fraud. They've committed treason, openly committed treason. Okay. But if you don't understand these and you've not been educated in it, and, and we have a shirt that we're putting out, a T-shirt that says, I know and understand that you don't know that you don't know that you don't know. Okay. So <clears throat> we're trying to wake the people up. If you want your country back, there's a way to do it. There's a system that put in place and Justice Scalia opened that door for the American people in 1994 case called the United States versus Williams. And his, one of the, the quotes out of that determinations from Scalia is that the American people have the unbridled right to establish their own independent grand juries that operate independent of the executive, legislative, and judicial departments of government by constitutional purview, it's a, a right that's held to the people, okay? It's the way the American people are supposed to provide our self-governance under a republic, which is totally outside of the purview of the, of the federal government, and it's supposed to be totally outside the purview of the state. The purpose for that independent grand jury Originally, it was to be the shield, the buffer between government, both county, township, county, and state, and federal. That independent grand jury is, was there to be that buffer and the shield between the people and government. And under that system of law, the people have the ability to modify or nullify any law or action of the legislature at any level of government, township, county, state, or federal. I'm sorry, folks. I didn't make the law. We're just reporting the law. So if you want freedom and your liberty, and we have case law that very clearly states that the common law of the land is the law of liberty the Admiralty Maritime Jurisdiction and Special Maritime Jurisdiction are the law of slaves. So the people have a choice that they don't know that they have. And that's what we're trying to do is wake the people up that you have a choice. You want freedom and liberty, then this is the way we have to do it. We have to use this recipe and you have to follow this recipe so that when it comes out of the oven, you have the cake that you started to make. Because just like making anything, if you put the wrong ingredients in the recipe, then you don't come out with what you want. And that's what we have today. We think we've been misled by the Education Association. They've misled us into believing something is there that we don't have and something is not there that we do. 
and that thing that is there that we do have that they can't take away because it's a constitutional right in its own self is that independent grand and pettit jury. It's the courthouses in the county are there. They are the people's and inside those county courthouses, there's a courtroom and the people are supposed to be there holding their independent grand jury and their common law courts, but they're not. They're home watching Disneyland. Mm, yeah. It's all fiction. You know, so, one of the things, Bill, so we gotta, that I'm thinking of when you're talking about some of this stuff is imagery even out of scripture. For instance, we we see what we're told is a mighty angel in, say, the book of Revelation, chapter 10. Uh, who comes down out of heaven, just to show people this, he comes down of heaven clothed with a cloud and a rainbow was upon his head and his face was as it were the sun and his feet as pillars of fire. And he had in his hand a little book open and he set his right foot upon the sea and his left foot on the earth and cried with a loud voice as when a lion roareth. And when he had cried, seven thunders uttered their voices. And when the seven thunders uttered their voices, it was about to write, or I was about to write, and I heard a voice from heaven saying, seal up those things which the seven thunders uttered and write them not. Um, and the angel which I saw stand upon the sea and upon the earth lifted up his hand to heaven. Uh, and he makes a declaration there. But it, it reminds me that the Lord Jesus Christ is the one who has all authority in heaven and on earth. That's his words, not mine. That's, that's what he said. And in, yep. in that includes whether it's maritime law or whether it's the law of the land, which is very interesting because that's what the Constitution is declaring, that it's the law of the land uh, versus, yes. I guess, the the admiralty, the, the maritime laws. So all of this yep. fits real. I mean, it, it makes sense. Where can, let me ask you this. Can people find some of the things that you're talking about as far as the book you mentioned? Did you say Navy Pirates was the book? Okay. <clears throat> we have... We have five books under development. One of those is published, and you can get it through the AmericanVoice.org. It points you to our other web pages, which is called OurFourthBranch.org. It's a fourth is a four, the numeral four th. So it's O O U R, the numeral four th branch.org, and that's where the books will be available currently. We only have one book available, and part of that reason is we've revised and expanded the sister, the, the, actually the, the parent book that the Pirates book has taken from. Um, we got to kind of out of sync in our process here because the Pirates book was written at the, at the request of the United States military commanders. So it's it, it was actually... Yeah, the, the, the book, the name of the book is They Be Pirates Matey. Um, okay. It was actually the the last chapter of a parent book called Changing the Face of America, which we first published in 2004. And then we've revised and expanded it and added about 100 and some pages to it and a whole bunch of more uh, case sites and, and authorities which the original book had 242 case sites and authorities before we expanded it. And then we also have three other books involved in there. All of this stuff is at the publishers right now in uh, edited and formatted, but we do have the pirates book is in print right now. They still have paper available to print the book. Thank God. 
but for people that don't know, there is a shortage of eight and a half by 11 paper in this country. And, the, and a lot of these uh, print shops can't even get paper anymore to print books. Do you, um, do you so, guys have it in a digital format, though? Not yet. We're working on getting that stuff done. Like I said, we, we had a, here's our problem. We had all this stuff two years ago, almost three years ago, ready to go to press. And we mysteriously had a fire that burnt up everything. Um, Isn't that and it was on purpose. It was, yeah, it, it very. And so they thought they had burned up uh, around 10,000 pages of transparencies that we use when we do seminars. And they did. They burned up a whole bunch. But we were smart enough that we've had this stuff spread all around the country. And it's taken us around two years, a little over two years to to claw all that information back that we had stashed everywhere and and resurrect all these books and documents that we had. So we're behind the eight ball, but we're still moving forward. Uh, we're just you know, not at the point that we hope that we'd be right now. So hey, our goal is to educate. Need- our goal is to. Hey, Bill, I, th- I think Eric's wanting to say something. Yeah, a plea for yeah. funding. People, I mean, Bill is, is is such a gentleman. You know, he's not out here, you know, fishing for dollars. But people, it takes resources to make this happen. This is the most mind-blowing couple of hours of, of vital information. I urge people to go to theamericanvoice.org and with your dollars and cents, support, make a donation, help fund this operation. These, Bill is not independently wealthy. Uh, neither am I, and I'm sure Tim as well. But please, if you value this information and you want to accelerate the release of these books, which I'm going to get all of them, um, I implore people to please dig deep, try to make a donation over at theamericanvoice.org. I yield. Yeah, thank you, Erica. Okay. Let me if make. You, where can let me yeah. let me ask it? Let me ask a quick question on the site here. I I've got it pulled up. Um, Will they go to the American Voice, or would they go to our fourth branch to to help you if people want to do that? Well, they can donate at either place. Okay, um, we have it. We have it kind of split up, and and the reason that we're doing this is because everything we do, we under we do under the auspices of a a taxes exempt nonprofit humanitarian religious ecclesia. Okay. And we can't engage in commerce. Right. So the information is sitting over there at the AmericanVoice.org. There's a plethora of articles there. You could probably sit on there and, and read 24 hours a day for two or three months. Okay. We separated the book stuff over to our fourth branch. And everything that's over there is, and everything we do is done strictly by donation to keep the bears away. Okay, so we had to do that to protect everybody. What we're currently involved in is creating a private membership association. And the reason for that is to protect the people under the private membership association because it eliminates government intrusion. Yep, Eric Eric spoke about that on Monday. Yes. So we're, we're in the process of resurrecting all this stuff that we spent roughly 30 years of doing that disappeared in smoke. Um, and we're behind the eight ball, but we're moving forward and we're making headway and we're a little bit premature in releasing this stuff because right now we don't have the infrastructure as far as 
computer and programming infrastructure in place to put all the data information that's been that's coming in through these web pages. We don't we don't have a way yet the, the capacity uh, to put all that data to be able to use it and storage it. We're working with people on programmers and stuff like that to do it, but it's such a big thing. And, and, the, and the, here's part of the reason. There's 3,145 counties in the United States. You count D.C., that's 346. Every one of those counties is supposed to have their own independent grand pettit jury yep. that's operating down there in their courthouse. But everybody's home watching Disney. Now, you can't have freedom and not be personally involved in the the fight for freedom. You have to defend, yeah, you have to defend your own freedoms, folks, okay? Nobody's going to defend your freedom for you because it's not their freedom. It's your freedom. They have their own freedom that they have to defend. And your freedom operates similar to, but not exactly the same because everybody's in a different scenario. So, you have to learn, and that's part of the where the the uh, American education system has failed us, is that they have not educated us. Yeah, they've they dumbed us down. They've indoctrinated us, okay. Bill. We, they've indoctrinated oh, us, and that's why we have the Wednesday show of showing what government is doing illegally because we didn't authorize them to be involved in education, and the Tenth Amendment is very clear. If we didn't authorize you to do something— you got no authority there, and they've been usurping that and stealing our money to indoctrinate our kids for generations. So let me well, let me throw you a little. That's go ahead. And that uh, here's how they did this, so, so you understand. Dewey in 1934 created this National Education Association. If you go read their original charter, it says right in their original charter that the purpose of the uh, the uh, National Education Association is to spread communism, socialism within America. Now, that was a private organization that they did. And then what they do? Oh, well, the Esquires, okay, took that private entity and then under their auspices, created it and funded funded it as if it is a government entity. It's funded, it's operating in D.C., District of Columbia. Okay. Now, it's funded by our public taxes now. How did that happen? Well, was it an agency that was created by the Congress? No. Was it an agency that Congress delegated its authority to? Evidently. And everybody thinks that's okay until you read the original grant that says Congress has no ability to delegate its power. It can only legislate its power. So based on that, if you go back and look at most of these alphabet agencies, did the Congress legislate its power to create that agency or did it delegate its power to create that agency? And in most of the cases, not all, I haven't read them all, but most of them will say that they delegated not legislated the power. Oh well, we delegated our power to the IRS. Yeah, they're, they're not authorized to do that. that. No, they're not authorized to delegate their power. So, you want to straighten your country out. One of the things you can do is you can have your grand jury investigate anything or anybody that you want to investigate under the grand jury. 
They have subpoena powers. They have arrest powers. Okay. Oh, you mean the people have arrest powers? Yes, they do. You can, you have that, but if you don't know, you, then you don't know. So let me read you another little, little tidbit here. This is December 26, 1933. You can find this at 49 stat 30970, Treaty Series 881. It's called the Convention on Rights and Duties of the State. It stated that Congress replaced statutes with international law, placing all the states under international law. I didn't write this stuff. We just find it. We just you know this it. as the UCC, right? Oh, yeah. So the, the UCC is yeah, absolutely here. And, and that's what the Erie, Tom, Erie Railroad versus Tompkins case did. It placed us all under negotiable instruments laws for all decisions of all the courts in the country. So what is the negotiable instruments laws? Well, the negotiable instruments laws, the last time they were printed is 1926. Okay. The reason we know that is we have a copy of them. Now, what took place is the Erie Railroad decision placed all the decisions of all the courts in the United States under the negotiable instruments laws. And then in 1960s, uh, I think 63, I think Texas was the last state to sign on to the Uniform Commercial Code. What's the correlation? The Uniform Commercial Code is the codification of the negotiable instruments laws. Now, what is a code? It's something that you have to have a key to decipher the meaning of what the terms are. So if you go, I'm going to read you right out of this is the Anderson's Uniform Commercial Code. It's book one. It's the 1996 edition. And I'm going to read you real quick from subsection 1-103. This is what it says. Quote, when the circumstances are such that the code does not determine the rights of the parties, resort is to be made to the pre-code law. Now, what do they mean by pre-code law? Well, if you go down <clears throat> to the next 103, 1-103.4, it says, fundamental common law principles continue to govern commercial transactions were not in conflict with the provisions of the Uniform Commercial Code. In one 1037, it says, quote, it is readily apparent that what would be correct under a code would often be incorrect under the non-code law. The non-code law is the common law. The wow. code law, obviously, is the Uniform Commercial Code. So inside their own code, they're telling you right there that something that would be correct under the code would often be correct under the non-code law, and the reason is they're at opposite ends of the spectrum. Okay, They're telling you that, just what I stated earlier, the common law, which is the non-code law, is the law of liberty, as stated in court cases, and the code law is the law of slavery. Okay, So most people think that we're operating under the rule of law. Well, we are, but the problem is, is what law? And it's not the law under the Constitution that we're being held to the fire with. It's the international law of commerce 
and the law of pirates that where our feet are being held to the fire with. Bill, let me let me inter- look at stuff. Okay, let me interject yeah. something here. This sounds like that people are going to automatically be done that unless they know better. I had a contributor at one of the sites I ran years ago, and uh, Professor Richard Skidmore. I don't know if you know him. He's out there in California. I think he. I want to say. I've heard of him. Yeah. Have you? Okay. I want to say he taught at Berkeley or something. He was, you know, but he was very. Uh, constitutional. And he said, one of the things to me that really stuck in my mind, he said, Tim, the reason you're, because we were talking about, you know, different kind of cases that came out. And I'd read some of the stuff in them and I was like, well, this doesn't make any sense. Why aren't they arguing from the constitution? And he said, all your attorneys today go to school um, and they learn case law. They're never taught constitutional law. And he says, that's why you don't have very many constitutional attorneys. You have to search you know, high and low to try to find one and, and to get a good one uh, is even more difficult. So he's pointed out some of those things, but I wanted to toss you just a little, maybe not even a curveball here. What would you say when we're talking about incorporations and, and, and as soon as somebody incorporates, they are engaged in commerce. They, in other words, they, they have set up this fictitious entity in order to make money. That's that's the whole goal of the incorporation. Now, churches have been, I think, beguiled and told you need to incorporate because it will protect your people. You know, somebody slips on the ice, you know, and they're, and they're concerned about that. I get the concern. But I, my friend Jerry Johnson brought a case in a presbytery up in Virginia against the church being incorporated. And the first thing he pointed out was what the Articles of Incorporation said. And they basically said that the church that incorporates becomes a creature or a creation of the state. Now, for those of you who don't get it, that's blasphemous because it's the Lord Jesus Christ who created the church. It's not the state. And when the state does that or when the church does that, what are they saying, Bill? Would you agree that the church is saying, we have, we're rich and have need of nothing. We got it all taken care of, Jesus here. We got the state looking out for us. They're not going to do anything to us instead of them holding fast to the feet of Christ and saying, you're our king, you're our guardian, you're our protector, you're our savior. And we're not going to trade, we're not going to trade that off for men. We know that lie to us and who are criminals to us. Would you say that the churches who are incorporating are doing something that is uh, extremely sinful and is a betrayal of the gospel and of the, the Christ that they say they, they represent? Well, says in the scriptures, you cannot serve two gods. Amen. You either serve mammon or you can serve God, the creator. So the the reason that we have corporations, as you stated, they're there to make money. Okay. The reason that we have the corporations is so they're there to make money and they have to, they can make the money with no integrity. See, if, if society would follow God's laws, like we're supposed to, like our founding fathers very clearly made the statement that the Holy Scriptures are the rock upon which our republic right. rests. Okay. Now, if we were stuck to those things and we just stuck to those principles, we wouldn't be in the mess we have. You mentioned a, a government church. That's a 501c3 church. Okay. In the 60s, the IRS went through with their psychobabalists to all the ministers of all the churches in the country and cajoled them into becoming 501c3. 
Okay. And say, oh, well, you know, then you're becoming tax exempt and oh, blah, blah, blah. Well, guess what? Churches are tax exempt to begin with. Okay. That's right. You IRS publication says it. Yeah, absolutely. The IRS, pub, all you have to have is in your name of your church is the word church. Yeah, and, and you've got to, you've got to, cannot mess with. You've got to keep, yeah. you've got to keep records on that. And I can testify to that because we planted a church for 11 years in North Carolina. And that's exactly what we did. We kept records of who gave, where the money went. Um, we set up the account in, I don't know if it was, it was either under my social security or it was under the other guy who was doing it. But we, we put out a, a statement every uh, month letting people know exactly here's what came in, here's what went out and what it went to. And uh, we were able to take care of even our small congregation. We had like four families, but there was like 30 or 40 people in it. Uh, but we, we would right. take care of missionaries, two or three missionaries that we were taking care of, and then just pay a small amount of rent that we had uh, for a building that we're at. We were able to do, you know, a, a lot of things that way and do it out from under that whole 501c3, you know, kind of corporatism that's there. Right. And exactly. So that's what we've done with our church. And actually we're in the, for, in the, in the process of forming a, a, another church. And the way we're doing it, it is technically it'll be a, a higher church. It'll be above the Vatican, the way we're doing this, constructing this whole thing under this private membership association to protect anybody that comes in. Because we're offer not only we are, are trying to revendicate the independent grant of pettit juries, but we're also we have a group of of, of some of the highest extraordinary intellect medical doctors that are fed up with the American Medical Association, and they've been working for years utilizing Raymond Royal Rice technology, Einstein's technology. And Nikola Tech, Tesla's technology. The American Medical Association has nothing to do with healing the body. So we have a group of of, of uh, doctors around the world. I think there's there's like thirteen of them right here in the United States, and there's another thirty some around the world that are world's leading oncologists. And we have a, a technology that actually heals the body it eliminates disease from the body and it does it by helping the body to do the job itself it's an amazing technology that we're utilizing to bring into this private membership association to heal people um and that's and, and that goes along with what we're doing and our church is not a 501c3 we're a real church we're we're operating under god not under the auspices of the state. Amen. Okay? So, and, and the reason that I say that is this. Those, if, if you'll remember, you probably had to take an oath when you filed that 501c3 paperwork. And under Title Eight of the United States Code, at Section 1481, it states that once an oath of office is taken, citizenship is relinquished. Hello. Thus, you, yeah, it, thus you become a foreign entity or agency or a foreign state. So that means that every public official is a foreign state, including all the political subdivisions, every single court and the court's personnel, they're all considered to be a separate foreign entity. So are we really 
under self-government in our country? And the answer is no. We're, we're controlled by foreign entities from all over the world, and they bring these foreign corporations in here. They go to the state of Delaware. They incorporate, so they appear to be a domestic corporation when they're actually foreign, okay? And they're actually sitting here. They're parasites on American society. In the Pirates book, what we started out with is a comparison of what the Declaration of Independence says, and we took five very specific areas of the Declaration of Independence, and then we dig into them in the book and show you what they did, what that was, what the meaning of it, what our legislature back then did and established to foment those things, complained of, and then compared that to today. What you find is that everything that was complained of in the Declaration of Independence is still operable today, only we're worse off than we were Yeah, when the Declaration of Independence was written. Amen. Okay? And the, and the primary reason is because back then, the people in this country knew the law. Every man, woman, and child in this country was walking around with, with a scripture, which is the law. Okay? In our country, the Holy Scriptures are the law. And I'm right. not one reporting that. I'm just reporting it. I didn't say it. Well, no, I, 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 point look, I, I showed, yeah, I pointed back to, um, I, I've showed it to the audience here a couple of months back. The, um, again, I got a whole bunch of uh, certified documents from the Library of Congress. It was it 1983? And they, the Congress recognizes that our laws are based upon the scriptures of the Old and New Testaments, the, 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 upon the Bible. They're not based upon the Bhagavad Gita. They're not based upon uh, the Quran or anything else. They're based upon the scriptures. And uh, you can go back to the state laws, and you can see it where they would actually reference biblical uh, texts for why the law was in place and for what the punishment of that uh, you know violation of the law is. Today, uh, our even our punishment, you were talking about going into the courts. I didn't figure this out until this year, that every time you go into the court, that's a monetary gain for somebody too. It's like they're, it's like they're doing Vegas gambling right there on your case. Uh, in what they're putting in, but I mean, it's incredible of of what's taken place and the ignorance of the people. And look, I confess my own ignorance. I I learn as I'm 53. I'm still learning stuff. I bring people on the show. I tell the audience because I want to learn something from that person. Uh, at least, hopefully, I'll learn something. And I think I think a lot of people have learned uh, quite a bit. From what you've said today, Bill, in fact, I think probably some people are having some overload going, this is a lot of stuff to take in. But but I think it's eye-opening, too, because I think you've given enough information to where people go, oh, I see exactly what you're saying. Maybe they don't have all the, you know, they haven't colored all the numbers in, so to speak, but they got a good big picture. And that's where I am. I, I've got a big picture as to what's went on. I've seen enough uh, from the laws that have been written, the statutes, all these other things that have been written to know that what you're saying is true. The issue then becomes, okay, how do we do that? Because for many of us, uh, you know, debt has taken hold. And the Bible says debt's a curse. Um, it's, it's problematic for us. And we're in a debt-based system. And yet there are ways in which people can discharge that debt lawfully uh, because when your credit, when the people you think are your creditors come to you, uh, most people don't know it. When you sign a home mortgage, 
and you sign on the bottom line, that mortgage is paid for out of your quote unquote, the best I can understand it is your social security account, if you will. It's paid to that mortgage company immediately. And then you're not only paying it back over 20, 30 years, or whatever, you're paying usury, which the Bible forbids to be charged to your countrymen. So there's there's all kinds of problems. And a lot of, a lot of people will, I think of the scripture going on not because we're serving money but you know the wealth of the wicked is laid up for the righteous and why is that well it's not so they the, the righteous can indulge themselves on things of the world but i think it is a thing of keeping us out of debt i think it is a thing of where we can help other people and um, i've seen so many people get into this and then all of a sudden they just become really it's expressed in their words they become so greedy in the way they're talking about you know, getting their hands on money and and the and they don't realize the money is debt. It's just it's debt. It's not money. It's not even it's not constitutional money. It's not even biblically what would be defined, I guess, for of any kind of intrinsic value like a silver or gold. Exactly. So and a misunderstanding of the American people in our country is that initially it was set up Silver and gold are land. Our country is supposed to be under the law of the land, and that's why they made silver and gold in the Constitution the only money. Now, under substance money, gold and silver, land, and you as a human is supposed to be recognized as land because we came from it, but we've been switched over by fraud and deceit away from the law of the land, which is under God's law. And they perpetrated falsehoods against us in writing and in speech. And by changing the meanings of words and phrases without notifying us or giving us full disclosure, other than placing this stuff in nefarious statutory provisions and then moving it all around in the statute so you can't find it. They reallocate the stuff all the time. It's there for us to find. Nowadays, it's easy to do because you have the computers. When we started this stuff and doing this investigation, computers didn't even do it. When we started doing this, they didn't even have copy machines. Okay, so we've been at this for a very long time. Today, you can do more research in one day than it used to be. We can oh, do sure. it in a couple months. Yeah. But, but the problem that you have today, and I'm not the one that's saying this, two professors in California, law professors, one at Berkeley and I think one at UCLA uh, 2020, I believe, when they made the statement, they were doing some comparisons of the verbiage and the decisions of several different cases, federal cases, of which they had the actual reporter book out of the law, bribe, you know, pull them off the shelf and open them up to read the decision. And they have to be, have these decisions that they read. And then they were doing a, a new research on Nexus Lexus or Lexus Nexus, whatever it is. Um, and they found that the attorneys are engaged in actually reverbalizing the decisions of the federal and state courts, changing the verbiage in the decision of the court to reflect a decision 
opposite of what the original decision was. Wow. And they came out in 2020 and said, do not rely on anything that you're finding on the Internet. That's why I always urge people that if you're going to dig into this stuff, don't believe what we're saying. Go prove us wrong. Yeah, go, go to the original source actually, documents. Yeah. Yeah, go down to the law library. Go to a National Archive law library and go pull the book off the shelf and read what it says right in front of you. And then you get the real McCoy stuff. But yeah. Nexus, Lexus, or any of this other stuff, you can't rely on the, it, it, its uh, authenticity or its accuracy anymore. Yeah. So it's, it's, I mean, we're in a really precarious, this country has never, ever been in a situation we're at right now. We're literally on the razor's edge of losing our freedoms in our whole country and being slammed into total socialism. And if you've studied history at all, every time a country is slammed over into socialism, it always has and it will always will end up in mass murder of the population of anybody that doesn't want to go along with the narrative. And that's the process. And you're seeing that happen right in front of you in this country. And 90% of the people are not paying any attention. They're too busy chasing that little green piece of worthless paper around they think is money. So we have the solutions. They're there. They were left by the 34 or 32 Esquire founding fathers that came here to get away from the control of the crown and to get away from the control of the influence of all the agents of the crown. And basically what they did, did is they brought that British system here, which was outlined in Blackstone's commentaries on the common laws of England. It was remodified and and brought forward under the auspices of the Constitution by a, a William Sharswood uh, of Pennsylvania. And that was what, for the first 120 years or so of this country, that all the attorneys and judges were taught under was Blackstone's commentaries on the yep. common laws of England. Yep. But they, they haven't, they haven't studied that. None of that has been a curriculum in our, on our law schools since the, the, the late forties. Okay. And then the coup de grace of the rights, benefits and immunities and the protection of those by our judiciary was completed in 1966 when they finally completed all the changes in the federal judicial uh, procedures and rules to move us completely away from the common law. Now, the Judicial Act of 1789 left a clause in it. And it's called the Savings to Suitors Clause. And what that, per that clause is there for is for anybody, whether you have an admiralty claim or an equity claim or a common law claim or a maritime claim. It doesn't make any difference. The common law is the superior law of all of them, and the proof of that lies in that judicial act because of the four jurisdictions cited in the Constitution, law, equity, admiralty, maritime. Only the common law was granted concurrent jurisdiction in all cases. And you are supposed to be able to be able to access 
the common law through the savings to suitors clause. But if you try to invoke that savings to suitors clause today, nothing. No response from anybody. And the Mm. reason is there are no judges, there are no attorneys, there's nobody in the judiciary of this country that's competent in the common law. Therefore, they can't invoke and bring forward a common law setting because they don't know anything related to it. So it's up to you and me. It's up to the people. It's not up to only the people are sovereign in this country. The lawyers want you to believe government is sovereign. No, we did not give our sovereignty to the federal government. Amen. We only gave a small we only gave a small portion of the sovereignty of the states to the government. We never gave any sovereignty of the people That's right. to the government. That's right. Okay. So when when you understand those little things, okay, then you understand, you, you can see where we have. So we basically have to reverse course. We have to go back, re-educate the American to become learned in the law. We're putting those educational things together. And now we're using hopefully the latest technology. We have a studio that we're trying to uh, to uh, get access to uh, to put together like 15 or 20 minute, wherever they end up being uh, video classes that you can watch the video on the internet, take a, take a, cl- uh, a test at the end of the class on that subject matter, and then move forward with a, a, an approved curriculum because we have PhD uh, law professors and and PhD um, educators that are willing to chip in and and uh, help us put together these uh, whole curriculum on how to educate the American people to to get back and and operate our guaranteed Republican form of government where the pro- people themselves provide our remedy, not a foreign entity. Now. Okay. This what is a, going to be a statement. What a great resource for the homeschooling community, folks. I mean, you want to get yeah. your children right with God, right with the truth, right with the true law, right with the common law, uh, throw off the, bond, the bondage that's been put upon us. What a great resource for all you homeschoolers out there. Get to theamericanvoice.org and start using these resources that Bill has to incorporate these into, forgive the word, incorporate, but, you know, to, to put these into place in educating your children. Wouldn't you agree, Tim and Bill? I would. Yes. I, I, I certainly that, would. Yes. Yeah, let me let me, let me me do this. We, we're already over two hours here. I got to get stuff done. I know you guys do, too. Let me, let me ask you for a final word. I'm going to kick it over to you, Eric, because you've been sort of quiet there. Do you guys take a take a minute or so and give a final word of exhortation to the people? And, and Bill, I hope we can have you back on uh, maybe to go through a little more of this. I think if you can do 15, 20 minute videos to kind of help people on a subject, maybe even have links in the description to where they can go and read them themselves while you're doing it. That would be just phenomenal, uh, because I think the more people that grasp this, you know, I hear a lot of these guys talking and I think it's a. Personally, I think it's sort of a deception, this Nasara Jasara stuff. Uh, I just, I find no basis for it anywhere. Uh, but this stuff right here really has some power to it because I've actually seen there's documentation that backs it up. You guys have listened to Bill cite uh, the codes uh, and the titles of all of these things that have been put into place to deceive us and to rob us of our, to do the same thing that, that, that Satan was doing 
to Eve in the garden, to beguile us, to make us debtors when we are the creditors. Remember, God said his blessings in Deuteronomy uh, 28 verses 1 to 12. He told them of all their blessings. He says, you'll lend, right? He said, you'll be the head, not the tail. And then if the curses come because we're disobedient, what does he say? He says, you're going to be the borrower. The, the, the foreigner is going to rise above you. You're going to be the tail and not the head. So here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to give you guys each about a minute apiece. Give give the audience uh, a final word of encourage, or encouragement or exhortation. Eric, we'll start with you, and Bill, we'll let you finish it up. Excellent. Uh, two things. Uh, when people, when you're doing your research, we have found that it's beneficial to put the words that you're you're seeking to to expand upon in quotation marks, because then the the search engine will will often go right to a court case or right to a statute or right to a historical reference if you quote your the, the operative phrase that you're searching for. The second thing is, real quick, and then I'll let Bill have the last word. What a great presentation today by Bill. Amen. This has been, I've heard a lot of stuff on the internet, okay? <laughs> I mean a lot for my many years. And I have to say, this is arguably the most power-packed, truth-filled, eye-opening, absolutely vital information that I, the best two hours I've, I've ever heard. I have to say that. What a great condensation. And I mean, it was just awesome. This is great. I implore people to be a force multiplier and blast this out, post it, share it, email it, put it on a hard disk and give it to people who are low tech, send it over to all the, all the sheriffs, all the legislatures uh, get it to the district attorneys. If they're running for office, tell them you want my vote. Listen to these two hours. Take the time. This is not frivolous stuff. This is important. May open Amen. the eyes of some of the enemy along the way, so to speak. One last thing. Uh, 18 U.S. Code Section 1951. That's 18 U.S. Code 1951. Interference with commerce by threats or violence. It's very brief. And the reason I'm reading this is because next time the, uh, the, the next pandemic comes down the pike and the government and the health departments and et cetera, and all these foreign corporations masquerading as government agencies attempt to shut down your business, to shut down whatever you're doing. And it happened all across the country. You may want to use this, in, uh, this interference with commerce by threats or violence. Whoever in any way or degree obstructs, delays, or affects commerce or the, or the movement of any article or commodity in commerce by robbery or extortion or attempts or conspires to do so or commits threats of physical violence to any person or property in furtherance of a plan or purpose to do anything in violation of this section shall be fined or imprisoned not more than 20 years. Translation, uh, if any government agency attempts, attempts to obstruct your commerce with a future lockdown, i.e. what happened with corona, with COVID, um, use this in, in your defense. Uh, they have no right, and it's punishable by 20 years in prison if they attempt to shut you down and interfere with your commerce uh, for whatever reason. Um, and I would say it's definitely extortion and threats of violence when Amen. somebody says, we're, we're shut your business down or else we're going to do it for you. That's a threat. That's coercion. That's extortion. So there's a little resource people can use. And Bill, let's wind it up with you. Thank you so much for being here. Okay. I appreciate you guys having us on. 
I'm going to read to you from one of the earliest decisions after the Revolutionary War from the Superior Court of North Carolina, the main term, the May term of 1796. You can find it at 2 N period C period 388. 2 N period C period 388. The name of the case is called Pruden, C R U D E N versus Neal. N-E-A-L-E, Superior Court of North Carolina, quote, a citizen of this country, before he can be subjected to the punishment of treason or to the disabilities consequent upon it, must be convicted by a jury of his neighborhood upon previous accusation of a grand jury of his neighbors. Also upon a trial before a court appointed by law, for the purpose of seeing that he has every legal advantage that law entitles to him. He is not to be deprived of his liberty or of his rights essential to his enjoyment, but by the law of the land. And what is the law of the land? Such acts of the legislature only as violate none of the rules laid down in the Constitution, such as allow the citizen the privileges there secured to him. Acts inconsistent with the rights of freemen as declared in the Constitution, which take away their constitutional privileges, which in short deprive a man of his life or of the means of protection by an application of the laws of his country for redress of wrongs without a previous trial by jury and a conviction by them are not laws of the land. They have no claim to the obedience or support of the citizens as laws. They are void. Amen. Prudent versus Neil. Amen. Wow. Have a good time. So people, support the American Voice with your donations. Support Courtroom Watch, which is my website. Yep. And support Tim Brown and the Sons of Liberty, please. Amen. Amen. Guys, thank you so much for coming on. Lots of information. I hope we can get you back on and uh, take care of this. If you guys will hang on just a couple of seconds, let me, I have to give a couple of seconds after I cut off the stream. I'll say goodbye to you off air. But uh, guys, if you want to catch Bradley today, 3 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Central, sonsoflibertymedia.com. And then again, we'll be back on. In, and by the way, this will be archived. So if you guys uh, you know, want to replay it, I know I'm going to pro probably play it two or three times to write down some of the things because I didn't have some of these, uh, these documents open and everything. And I went and grabbed that one off the table behind me. But uh, we'll have that all in the archive later this morning, sonsoflibertymedia.com by the same title you're seeing on the video description and all that stuff will be in there. All the links to the guy's sites, the books that, uh, Bill mentioned and, and such. And, uh, then in the morning, Lord willing, we're going to be back with Kate. I don't know what we're going to talk about yet. She hasn't let me know. Uh, but we're going to be back with her at 8am in the morning and we'll talk to you then. See ya.